Yeah, I guess we can say that we've been fighting to be free of the curse of the Nephilim all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, 6,000 years, six to 7,000 years of our attempt to get free of that curse, but it's soon to be lifted off of our shoulders. Yes, yes, Brother Abar, we are free because we know the truth. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Pastor David Martins of South Africa. This is Voice of Christian Israel, June 20th, 2021. It's Father's Day here in America. So happy Father's Day to all of you Israelites who have become fathers and have wonderful, white, beautiful children. And uh, you know, let's keep the race going. Uh, we did the um, show about the covenant of race, uh, covenant people by William Cameron this morning on Bloodlines. And today we're going to continue the theme we had started last week about the uh, New Testament actually being written in Hebrew, not Greek. So welcome, Pastor Martins. How are you doing today? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and also good evening to our listeners across the globe. Yes, doing fine. Thank you, Pastor. And um, today was, again, one of those um, uh, days that made one wonder, are we in winter or are we not? (laughs) <laughs> but the beautiful, beautiful, virtually a summer's day here in in the Southern Cape. And uh, uh, we have clear skies. And most probably by tomorrow evening, we will again have rain and mm. coldness, of course, that came mm-hmm. that comes in with uh, yeah. the, the rain as well. Uh, yes, Pastor, doing very well. I'm just glad that... Uh, um, the network has been holding strong for the past week, or just over a, the past week. If you can recall, last week we had an excellent show. Mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of a breakup towards the end, but uh, excellent show with the network holding. Yeah. Um, yes, thank you, Pastor. Um, I think we, we progressed um, some two ch- chapters or two items into the, the um, uh, particular article that we're busy with. Yes, uh, 25 irrefutable uh, uh, reasons why the uh, New Testament was written in uh, in Hebrew, not Greek, okay? And, uh, okay, so, uh, um, okay, I'm not sure whether this is uh, copyable. No, I think this is from, uh, this is from my hard drive. And this is from biblicaltruth.com. And uh, Pastor, yeah, okay. I've got a I've got a PDF file version of it. Okay, all right, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's what you sent me, but um, yes, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was looking for a, a file that uh, is a, a link, a hyperlink to the internet, which uh, you know can be shared. Uh, I'll try this. I'm not sure if this can be shared. With uh, Pastor, what I'll what I'll do is I'll pass you a. The particular link mm-hmm. um, that you can actually copy. Yes. Okay. Very good. All right. So uh, yeah, we talked about. We went. Through, I think we went through the first three <laughs> three items here. And of course, this is written from a Judeo-Christian perspective, who does not understand that the Jews are not Israelites, but are in fact Edomites and uh, Canaanites and Khazars. So uh, he talks about Jews as if they were Israelites. And we talked about God's nature is character and, and character is consistent. I change not. He uh, quotes Malachi 3.6. 
number two, Josephus disdained the Greek language. He was actually an Israelite who was serving in the Roman army. And uh, so his language of choice, I'm pretty sure, was Latin. Uh, it's, uh, I never asked the question, was the Antiquities by Josephus written in Greek, Latin, or Hebrew? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, your comment um, there, okay. Pastor, yes. Um, of course, the the Judeo-Christian churches purport um, uh, that Josephus wrote it in Greek. Okay. Because it suits and it fits their agenda. However, there's very little, or there's doubt in my mind whether Josephus would actually write in Greek when he was a subject and given a subject of the Roman Empire, and he actually um, wrote his writings for the sake of being an informant for the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. So it, I doubt whether he would have written it in Greek. He, uh, what I do find is that the, the Afrikaans translations are, are inundated with um, the Calvinistic agendas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Afrikaans translations, uh, I refuse to even refer to the Afrikaans translations. <laughs> I prefer to refer to the or point um, my arguments towards the English version, which was, of course, written by... Um, Yes, by whom I've, I've forgotten his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a copy on my shelf, but I can't. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, the, the translator of uh, uh, Whiston, William Whiston, I believe, was the translator of, uh, of Josephus. Okay. So, anyway, in any case, uh, I think we got into uh, number three, where it says Jews had an aversion toward the Greeks. No, it was the Israelites, and particularly the Judahites. And here I think we need to go into some history where the Maccabees come into play, and the uh, what's called the intertestamental period between the end of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. There's a wealth of historical documentation written by Israelite authors, and who Josephus was one. He was an Israelite of the house of Judah, and in his autobiography, he says he was part of his family was of the royal house of David, and the other part of his family was of the priesthood. So he was he was doubly favored as a Judahite, and yes, you're absolutely correct. He had to couch his language in. Um, in uh, very strict terms because he did not want to offend the Roman gods, <laughs> right? So he exactly. Had, okay, so he had to write in very careful language so that he did not offend, offend Caesar. Yet he was a, a Judahite and a Roman, actually like um, kind of like Paul, because Paul was a Roman oh, citizen exactly. too. Okay, very yeah. similar. But Paul was a tribe of uh, Benjamin, not, not a Jew, yeah. <laughs> a Benjaminite, okay? So anyway, he says that the great, I'll, I'll just change the language accordingly, the great Judahite aversion toward the Greeks, especially on religious matters, is reflected and recorded by the gospel writer and historian Luke in that violent incident where an angry, well, in this case, Jewish mob, yeah, <laughs> because it was uh, a mob instigated by Edomite Jews, Developed yeah. upon the false report that Paul brought Greeks with him in his temple worship during his last visit to Jerusalem, Acts 21, verses 27 through 29, 
this led to Paul's arrest and imprisonment. Now here, it's very interesting. It says the false report that Paul brought Greeks with him in his temple worship. Now, what he did bring with him was Israelites of the Greco-Roman world. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Which there's a huge difference between Israelites of the Greco-Roman world and uh, so so-called Greeks, because uh, in, in fact, even Josephus said the 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 number of Israelites subject to the Romans is but two, the two tribes, and that of course being Judah and Benjamin, but to the rest, yes. which are an innumerable multitude. All right, are scattered yes. abroad. Okay, so Josephus yeah. knew exactly, and so did Luke. Know that the the, the twelve tribes, the ten tribes were scattered abroad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this and history so has to be James. understood. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. So did James and um, um, uh, Peter and uh, well, all the the apostles. Yes, uh, they all knew about the ten tribes that had been scattered abroad that had gone into dispersion, and. Uh, they knew that their mission was to go and preach the coming of the kingdom to those. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Paul, and that he, is, yeah. That is also why Paul exclaimed and he said that uh, he decided that he was no longer going to preach to the house of Jehuda, mm-hmm. which consisted of the, the tribe of Jehuda and the, um, the Benjaminites. Mm-hmm. Because they had been so taken up by the Edomite um, <laughs> Pharisees, yeah. right? So yes. he decided that he was now going abroad, and that was why he went and he visited the assembly, the congregation yeah. of Rome, and he went to Spain. Yeah, and well, of course, ve- also to England. Yeah, well, it's very interesting that the assembly at Rome actually consisted of more Judahites than scattered Israelites because the Israelites were scattered into what was then the Greek world, 745 BC, and uh, they they inhabited Greek territory. Uh, but the Romans' uh, territory was inhabited primarily uh, by the tribe of Judah that was fleeing all the chaos, the wars that the Greeks imposed upon the, the Maccabees, and then later the Romans, they fled to Rome, and these people were actually Judahites, not Edomite Jews. Okay, so we don't want to confuse the two. The Jews that we know, the Edomite Jews, infiltrated the government of Rome by being moneylenders to, to, the, uh, to the emperors. Okay, yeah. that's the difference. That's the difference. Well, okay, well, back to you. Well, Pastor, you mentioned that the... Um, antiquities of the Jews, as or the antiquities as of the Yasharalites. Yeah, the Judahites. Uh, yes, as, uh, as written by Flavius Josephus, was translated by William Weston, as you mentioned. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. So you were totally incorrect about that, for the sake of those that did catch that when you said it. I just wanted to confirm that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've read that whole book from uh, cover to cover, and it is a really a, an outstanding retelling of the history of uh, the Adamic race. <laughs> right, it takes us yes. all the way. All right, and then the covenant message, without mentioning, uh, I don't know if he mentions the word covenant in uh, his history or not, but it's basically a retelling of the entire Old Testament. From exactly. His, okay, that's what it is. And, his, yeah. and he makes it very clear in the latter part of uh, that, the Antiquities that Herod was an Edomite, 
not a Yehudaite. Yes. Makes it very clear. Now, I don't see, um, why, do, why doesn't anybody else catch that except those of us in identity? Um, well, Pastor, I've got a, a whole article. In fact, it might even be a um, the, the um, thesis of a person writing his doctorate. Okay. Um, that that actually spells it out. The Edomites of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. Or the Edom. Sorry, or the Edomites of Rome. Something like that. Okay. Um, I've got I've got that available. Oh, wow. uh, I wanted to get into that sometime and uh, sure dissect that and have a, a very good thrashing and <laughs> cast that before the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, a- absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and so I believe we did go through Acts 21, verses 27 through 29 last week. So let's go to number four. Hebrew Aramaic was actually a common language in first century Judea. Yes, it was. Okay, and yeah, and Aramaic is simply a dialect of Hebrew. Your, your comment? Yeah. Yeah, but Pastor, in fact, uh, what I have um, on my history timeline is that the um, after the uh, when they were taken into um, uh, um, slavery into Babylon, when they returned, they returned speaking Aramaic. Yes. In other words, they 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 had spoken Hebrew, pure Hebrew, prior to their. Uh, taking or being taken to into captivity in Babylon, but on their return, they spoke or they also spoke Aramaic. Right, right. Um, yeah, and the common uh, people, the yeah, common people. Uh, I don't know how lettered they were in Babylon, but apparently not very much. Daniel was yeah. there, and uh, it, it was he, yeah, and, and uh, so he he obviously wrote in Hebrew. But yeah, Aramaic uh, replaced Hebrew among the common people. Certainly, the priests returning would have from Babylon. In Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, they would have continued in Hebrew. But then they had to uh, hold dual services for the the Juda- Judaites, where uh, the scriptures were first read in Hebrew and then Aramaic for the common people. Okay, and that's how the targums came into being. The targums are yeah. the record of the Aramaic commentaries on the Hebrew Old Testament. Back to you. Yes. Um, Pastor, it's quite interesting that um, you you did say now that Daniel wrote in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. I have it that the, uh, the, the book of the prophet, prophecy of Daniel was written in Aramaic. Oh, okay. Uh, I, might, I might be wrong, but um, just, just to clarify that, um, I think within, with the next round, I will mm-hmm. report back on whether it was initially written in Aramaic or uh, Hebrew. Okay. Uh, but, but Aramaic and Hebrew are very closely related. It's yes. like Dutch and, and Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. Um, very closely related. It's not just, uh, it's not as it was, as if it was a total different or foreign tongue. Uh, those that could, right. uh, speak Aramaic could also understand Hebrew. Yes. Yeah, typically. Yeah. Well, I mean, a perfect example is high German and low German. I was brought up speaking what's called low German, which uh, we are uh, we who speak that dialect call it Schwabisch. Like, and uh, yeah. one of, one of the interesting differences, high German. I'll just give you an example. Uh, 
Ich bin ein echter Deutscher, which means I am an authentic or genuine das, German. Yes, das, das uh, bist du uh, sehr gut. Yes, es ist sehr gut. But in, in Schwabisch, it's ich bin, a, ich bin a Deutscher, okay? So they drop the CH. Simplified, yes. Yes, it's simplified. They drop the CH. In fact, I think the E of uh, the Southern dialect, because it was spoken in Bavaria and Austria. When I was in uh, in Austria, I was amazed they were speaking my dialect, <laughs> you know, because I went back there in the early 70s. And, oh, wow, I can converse with these people without having to refer to a German dictionary. <laughs> right? Just a question. Yeah. Just give that Just give that name again that you said, that particular dialect. Schwabisch. Uh, in, in, in English, it's Schwabisch or Swabian. Okay. okay. Swabian, yes. Yeah, I'm speaking because in the dialect. The, yeah, yeah. The, the language that the, the Boers spoke when they came through to the Cape and even beyond that, they spoke a language that is very similar to High Dutch, and that they call Dietz. Dietz, the right. Dietz language. But however, uh, one of my discoveries is that the, of course, the Jews, uh, having lived in the same areas and the same uh, parts of the world as the House of Jacob, and with Esau also growing up in the same household as Jacob spoke the the same language. Yes, and the language that the the Jews have um, uh, let's say hijacked that they say that is their language is Yiddish. Mm -hmm. So the oh. the Boers language is Dits and the Jews Yiddish. <laughs> Yiddish. Yeah, there you go. It's very similar. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, uh, and, and Jeffrey in the chat room is uh, typing in Schwäbisch because it's referred to by different, uh, Schwäbisch would be the uh, high German pronunciation of Schwäbisch, okay? But essentially yeah. what they are, uh, he cites, ich kenn mich aus mit dem, ich kenn mich aus mit dem, which means I can, um, I'm aware of, uh, you know, I, I understand with, with along yes. with them, okay? So you can see that a lot of English is derived from Schwabisch. Me, M-Y, M-I yes. instead of M-Y. Okay. Dem, yes. them. Okay. Yes. You can see there's a lot of similarity to English. So uh, it's, it's quite probable that the English derived from the Southern dialect and not from High German. All right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It depends, it depends on what part of the... The tribes or the, yeah. um, the the area in which those tribes that continued to migrate right. had reached England. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there was a lot of interaction also with the Norse and the Dans. Mm -hmm. So each developing its own particular dialect out of the original Hebrew or the original Aramaic. Yeah. Yeah. So if, uh, if you spoke strict High German... Uh, you uh, a southerner would hardly understand it, and vice versa. We have the same thing going on here in America. If you uh, try to listen to a person with a southern drawl, you know, from the deep south, yes, it would be yes. very difficult to understand such a person, right? So anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, th this is the nature of our dialects, uh, and uh, that's why it's it helps uh, especially to be bilingual 
to recognize these, you know, the, the sources of these Hebrew words. Okay, yeah, for example, uh, the English word for gamel is camel. That gamel is Hebrew, camel is English, and uh, it means the same thing, you know, like the camel running around in the desert, right? Uh, yes, of yeah. course. And so Germanic and English are at least, at least one-third Hebrew, if not more. Okay. Yes. Far better yeah. than Yiddish. Right. Well, the Afrikaans, the Afrikaans for camel is kamil. Okay. Which is very right. close to the German gamel. Right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, many of these Hebrew words survive in our modern so-called Indo-Aryan languages, which are actually Hebrew Yes. But the, the Jews deny that. Yeah, yeah, very close. But yeah. the ac academicians don't want to admit that the Indo-Aryan mm. languages are in fact Hebrew. <laughs> okay. The, the, Calvin, the Calvinists don't want to admit that because that then their whole theory that the Jews are the chosen race or the right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That so thing crumbles. Right. Right. And it's also true that the Jews did not even begin to claim to be the, any of the 12 tribes until the 1600s or so. Okay. Exactly. Right. Okay. And that was that was a uh, deception that emanated from Holland. Right. Really? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Those poor Dutch people. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the Jews have been manipulating that country for centuries. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in mm -hmm. fact, um, I have a book that uh, actually uh, outlines all the details of the Dutch Jews running the slave trades of the Atlantic mm -hmm. and how the Dutch Jews even provided the vessels. They provide not just the, the, the uh, African slave trade, but the white slave trade that was run by the Jews in England and Ireland. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes for interesting reading, Bosta. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we can touch on these things as uh, you know, our series continues here. Well, let me just yes. count number four. All honest historians agree that Christ and his disciples commonly spoke in Aramaic, a sister dialect to Hebrew, which was also the common language in all Judea and surrounding regions in the first century. Sadly, popular Christian teaching deceitfully wants us to believe that Greek was their common language which is also the false reason given to support the erroneous belief that Greek was the original language of the New Testament. Okay. Uh, I can't exactly. argue with that. I think uh, you know, that's right on the money. Okay. Now, uh, but I wouldn't agree necessarily that is de deceitfully taught. No, certainly not by uh, Christian scholars. I think they actually believe, they truly believe that the New Testament was written in Greek. But uh, you know there wasn't uh, you know, the research available to uh, tell them otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, the deception came by the Roman, um, the Roman Empire. Okay. That wanted that wanted to um, establish a religion that was totally acceptable in the stead of all the other religions within the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. as a Unitarian religion and also as a universal religion. And that is why uh, also where the name Christianity came from, because they, they were uh, within Babylon. Uh, the the uh, environs of Babylon, there were quite a number of different religions 
that called their teachers and their leaders, they called them Christs, as being anointed, and uh, they spoke of themselves also as Christians. Mm-hmm. Now, that those groups within the Roman Empire was accommodated at the Council of Nicaea in that they, what they called themselves as Christians was then adopted by the Roman Empire's establishment of a religion that would be a universal religion and the only religion that was accepted and uh, propagated by the Roman Empire. And I've, I've also got the details of it that in the late 4th century that the that Christianity was uh, established and propagated and introduced rather, propagated in the environs of Judea, Judea uh, Jerusalem and Samaria as a new religion. So there was a lot of um, uh, uh, Roman Empire infestation of those areas which we commonly believe existed from the time of uh, the Messiah walking on the earth as being part mm-hmm. of Christianity. In fact, the, the Christian aspect of it was introduced into the Latin translated versions of right. the scriptures or the Katerima Nazarene. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Lily uh, in the chat room brings up an interesting point because it's true. When Yahshua predicted that uh, to the uh, disciples and apostles, he said to them, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel until the Son of Man become. Yes. Okay. Now, since the Jews have never built a city mm. in modern times, actually since 0 AD, <laughs> the names of all these towns, cities, valleys, mountains, rivers, etc. have Hebrew names. Yeah. How did they get all these Hebrew names? And also associated with the 12 tribes of the house of Jacob. Amen. That's how they are, because yeah. we, the, the covenant people, the Caucasian Israelites, are the ones who migrated here and gave all these places Hebrew names, period. Exactly. That's how it works, okay? So, uh, and of course, this is true of all of Europe as well. You know, for example, in yes. Spain, uh, Gadiz was originally called Gadesh, which means men of Gad, all right? Yes. And the Guadalquivir River is uh, River of Gad, okay? <laughs> so, yes. And you can go all over Europe, and I think in places in South Africa as well, and find well, all these Pastor, Hebrew place names. Who put them there? It certainly wasn't the Jews. Pastor, I've got a very interesting video okay. of um, antique South Africa. Where <laughs> antique? The name, for example, <laughs> antique South Africa, and we're talking way back, mm. even before the, the, the Spanish or the Portuguese had rounded the Cape. Okay. And there were towns that, that there were places that were called, for, ex- uh, for example, Jerusalem, uh-huh. uh, Hebron, uh, all, the, all the names that um, mm-hmm. existed or that exist in, in modern mm-hmm. day Mideast. Yes. Those names have, have all um, a very rich um, mm-hmm. but a lost history. Amen. In the whole of Southern Africa. Yes. Yeah, If uh, it's, it's just too bad you haven't been able to come to America. I would take you on a tour of Arkansas, 
which is reputedly oh. named after the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Yes. And there's a mountain called Mount Judah. <laughs> there's a town called yes. Canaan. All right. Uh, and there's a Bethlehem. Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem, PA. All <laughs> right. So, yes, right. Okay. So, America is riddled with Hebrew place names, biblical place names. How'd they and get the there? Reason, okay. Yeah. And the reason for that, of course, is with the Dutch East Indian Company conveying the those that fled the um, the wars and the persecution of the Christianity, the Calvinism and the uh, Roman Catholicism from Europe, and they were transferred with the Dutch East Indian Company vessels to Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I have very interesting. I have very interesting literature about that as well, Pastor. Yeah. And the okay. establishment of the Dutch, the establishment of the Dutch Reformed Church, and how the Dutch Reformed Church killed the local inhabitants because they refused to become members of the Dutch Reformed mm-hmm. Church. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, the legend goes and the story goes that uh, the ships of Solomon uh, came to the Gulf of Mexico, sailed up the Mississippi River, and then branched off the Arkansas River. And uh, the, so there was colonies of Israelites all in Arkansas, and of course they forgot their origin as Israelites, but that's probably where Arkansas got all its place names, including the word Ark, <laughs> right? Arkansas, yeah. okay, because they would have remembered now, the Ark of the Covenant. Exactly. Now, very interesting. I've got the writing, I think you've mentioned it, the 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 writing or the declaration that the Scots had made to the Pope at the time, I think it was about in the 800s, where in which the Scots actually claimed and they stated that they were of the descendants of the house of Jacob that actually passed through the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've seen that. No. No. Well, the, the, the Scots also claimed their descendancy from the house of Jacob. Right. Yeah, the declaration, the declaration of Arbroath. Uh, so, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah. That de- de- declares that uh, we came here so many centuries after the Israelites were at at uh, Mount, uh, well, it's called Mount Moriah, you know, where where Moses gave the law. Why would the uh, Scottish right. Why would the Scottish people make reference to that if they weren't Israelites? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and they actually. Um, Claimed, they wrote their their, their uh, declaration, claiming their independency from England. They wanted to be um, separate from England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm looking uh, 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 HebrewNations.com. The website is Arkansas and Israel. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course, this is done by. Um, uh, a, a Jew, but nevertheless, uh, it, it shows that uh, the many place names in Arkansas named after Israel or by Israel. That's probably the best way to put it, named by Israelites. Well, and of course, you know, that was a very long journey from Europe to America. They probably took the northern route uh, you know, uh, and hop skipped from Iceland to Greenland and then down the coast. Uh, exactly. Know, okay, that, that's how they traveled. And, and even the uh, Cherokee Indians claimed descent from Judah. 
Okay. Yes. And uh, uh, Lily mentioned Gaelic, and in, in the book uh, about uh, prehistoric America, it, uh, it talks about a Gaelic-speaking uh, uh, man from England who was caught by a couple of Cherokee Indians and, and tied to a tree. Okay. Mm. And so this, uh, this uh, immigrant from uh, Britain was uh, about to face death. Because he could, he could understand the speech of the Cherokee, and they were yeah. saying, "What are we going to do with this guy? Are we going to kill him or let him go?" <laughs> right? Mm. <laughs> he could understand what they were saying, and so he yelled back, yeah. "Let me go!" <laughs> and, yeah. and, to, and to their shock and amazement, and he was shocked and amazed too. They could understand each other because they were speaking Gaelic, folks. They were speaking Absolutely. Gaelic. And, of course, the, the Welsh are the ones who have preserved almost perfect Hebrew in their language. So uh, unless you know these things about our people, you will never understand the Bible and why all of Europe has all of these Hebrew place names. Back to you. Uh, also, um, in terms of what you've just said, mm -hmm. without that knowledge, you cannot interpret the uh, prophecies. Right. And that was one of the key issues around Calvinism. Mm. They wanted to eradicate the possibility of, of the Boers, for example, or the house of the true house of Jacob. They wanted to eradicate the possibility of them ever discovering their true heritage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You you have to know your who you are. You have to exactly. know biblical history. And the modern churches totally ignore biblical history. It's amazing. It's unfathomable to me why so many of the Judeo churches, all the denominations basically, totally ignore biblical history. They just yes, preach dogma. Absolutely. It's one dogmatic study after another without any reference to biblical history. It's quite amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah first declaration of Arbroath. Very good. Yeah, I'll share that with the people. Okay, that's a download. Okay, so yeah, yes. we won't be able to share that. Okay, but uh, folks, uh, this, uh, if we don't know our history, we are lost, absolutely lost. And uh, there's a reason why the Jews are trying to destroy our true history. And as uh, George yeah. Orwell said, those who control the past control the future. Control the future, absolutely. Not to mention the present, yep. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and also, uh, because of the word Jew being so... Um, uh, I, 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 well, first of all, the, the word Jew emanated from the name of the tribe of Jehuda, Yahuda, actually, yeah. because there's no Je in Hebrew. Right, with this right. Ya, there isn't, yeah. Yahuda. Yeah. So the mm -hmm. tribe of Yahuda, what the, the um, translators of the scriptures did what was that they dropped the Ya from Yahuda and they mm -hmm. made it Yahuda. Yeah, Right? Yes, yeah, so that's the Aramaic version, Yehuda, yes. Then from Yehuda, they made it Yuda. Right. And the U, of course, they replaced with the J, which made it Jew. Yeah. Da. Right. Well, and I think that, yeah, you're correct, but I think the transition, that transition that you're talking about, didn't occur until the nation of the Judea Portuguese. was created, because that's how outside historians, you know, uh, well, that would even include Josephus. And uh, other historians of the Greco-Roman world refer to that territory as Judea, okay? But the Judahites themselves 
never referred to themselves as Jews. They always referred to themselves as, as you say, Yahuda. Yahuda, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is also what is written in the Hebrew scriptures. From That's which correct. The, from which the translators state that they translated, but they, of course, didn't use the word. Now, the interesting thing is that they, um, they uh, bastardized the name of Yahuda, mm -hmm. the name of Yasharel, and then, of course, they thieved the name Zion. Mm -hmm. can, yeah. can you see that they bastardized the name of Yasharel, which they then made into Israel, of Israel, which, of course, means uh, to fight with God, with, um, to be in a battle with him, and to declare themselves as winners. Mm -hmm. um, but the, what the Hebrew scripture says, for you shall not be called Jacob any more, but Yasharel, for a prince with Elohim you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, absolutely. And this is... A, this is a very important thing because very often or most of the times I hear people calling themselves and they, they claim to be within the truth or within the, the um, they have um, come out of the, the Judeo-Christian churches and they claim themselves to be Israelites. But we, we, are, we of the descendants of the house of Jacob, are we not Israelites because we're not in battle with Yahweh. We mm -hmm. are Yashar Elites because we are of the prince of Yahweh or the prince of the Elohim. Yes, yeah. Now it's interesting. In the Old Testament, the the word Judea is present only once in the entire Old Testament, and that's Ezra five eight. Let me read it. Be it known unto the king that we went into the province of Judea to the house of the great God, which is builded with great stones, and timber is laid in the walls. And this work goeth fast on and prospereth in their hands. So from the perspective of Babylon, it was a province. But every other instance yes. is where uh, the Jud Judahites refer to themselves as Yahudim. Okay? Yahudim, of yeah, course. Not as Jews. In fact, the word Jew is another word that is a very recent extraction. You, If you look at a 1611 King James Bible, you will see that uh, even King James spelled his name I-A-M-E-S. There was no J in the English exactly. language. Okay. Well, the, the J was introduced in 1524, which was very close to 100 years before the uh, translation of the King James Version yes. 1611. Yes. But the, the knowledge of the existence of the J, which was introduced by an Italian Catholicism okay. or Catholic, right. was, was uh, introduced um, uh, into the West, so-called into the Western alphabet in 1524. Yeah, and, via the Gauls in France, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was one of the reason, reasons also when the J had become uh, knowledgeable in England, they retranslated. Now, 1611 was the translation of the first um, Sir Francis Bacon translation of the King James Bible. Okay. But in, in 1672, they followed with another so-called authorized version. Right. That, oh, okay. 
<laughs> okay. And in that one, they, they the authorized um, authorized version. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying that the 1611 was translated by a Freemason? So Francis Bacon, a Freemason, you can see the all the symbols of the Freemasonry mm. emblazed on the front cover and the inside covers, Pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got copies of all of that. The uh, the pillars of the uh, so-called the pillars of the Temple of Solomon, which represent yeah. also uh, females' legs. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Getting and I can't tell you how many debates I've had against the King James only crowd, who actually believe that the King James version is uh, you know inerrant, right? And yeah. you know it, it's it's an absurd proposition, but there are a lot of Christians, even some in identity, who believe that. You know, but uh, yeah. you know, all you have to do is, is check the uh, the original language. You know, and uh, especially the perversion of the word Gentile and the word Jew too. Okay. Well, uh, the, yeah. the, one of the things that they also um, deceived so many people with is just by the naming of the the Torah and that the that the Nuk actually. By calling it the Old Testament, because nowhere in the whole of the uh, Tanakh, the, mm-hmm. the writings of the Hebrews, the word testament comes through. There's no existence. It, it is a very modern word, word the word testament. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because the, the word testament has a total different meaning to the word uh, which is um, translated as a covenant. Right, um, right. Be, be, because the, the word berit, which is the Hebrew word which is translated to covenant, does not even closely resemble the meaning of the word testament. But in, in Latin, what they do in Latin is they uh, translate this testament as a testimony, the testimony mm-hmm. of the Hebrews, and that right. is now what they say, What why the they call it the Old Testament. In other words, the testament of those that existed in the days of the uh, priests and the Levites. And now the new testament, those mm-hmm. that testify to the existence or the testifiers of the teachings of uh, Yeshua and the um, the disciples and the apostles. That Now they say that those are the, they that testify to that. Yes. But there's no there's no word in the Hebrew language that even resembles or that could even be transliterated as testament. Right. Well, the uh, the word testament uh, is used by Paul in uh, in Hebrew uh, nine. He, right and nine six. Let me just quote Hebrew nine sixteen and seventeen. Yes. For where a testament is Greek twelve forty two diatake. Uh, uh, properly yeah, a yeah properly a disposition that is specifically a contract especially a divisory will okay that's really what it means it's a will and where he speaks of in 917 for a testament is a force after men are dead but the covenant yes. was w- was made with living is- israelites correct yes exactly <laughs> right? but but there's another argument to that as well. Okay. If if the Edomites took control or hijacked the scriptures of the Nazarites mm-hmm. in the year 70, as history proves it to be. Yeah, okay. What is the possibility that 
that particular verses was introduced by the Edomites for yeah. the sake of confusing yeah. the issue about the testament. Yeah, it could have been. Be sir. Yeah, mm -hmm. be because the whole idea of the est the the right. testament um, of of um, uh, uh, which relates to a person's a contract uh, or a last will and testament. That's right. Is actually a very, very modern concept. Yes, uh, it's, and it's different from covenant. Uh, uh, the last will and absolutely. testament is executed when the, when the covenanter dies, <laughs> right? Exactly. That's, that's the only time. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I have even reason to question the uh, – even though it sounds excellent, it sounds so beautiful. It does. In Hebrews 9, uh, 16 mm -hmm. and 17, where he, he mentions that. Because yeah. it, it, it very closely, uh, while it is further evidence of how the whole concept of the mm -hmm. covenant was. Um, right. Was, yeah. Established. Was, was, yeah. Well, in contrast to Testament, how the covenant was established, which, of course, uh, yeah. read the, the Hebrew word means to cause a division by the cutting mm -hmm. of flesh. Right. That is yeah. what the berit means. Right. But even in English, the word testament can apply uh, to a wide range of documents, okay? Whereas yes. as a coven uh, covenant, uh, berit is an exclusive concept to between Abraham and Yahweh and Abraham's yes. descendants, okay? Yes. And that's what the Bible is all about. It's about that covenant between Abraham and his direct descendants. No other people are even uh, a party to it or even uh, have any interest in it except us. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing also is that uh, Yahweh, by, by virtue of his, his uh, prophets, says right. on so many occasions that um, where, where he saved his people and where he um, carried his people through, a, for example, wars, he did so because of his covenant with Abraham, mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that the, the nation or the, the, the 12 tribes had sinned and they had been in, in, in apostasy and they had right. been... Uh, uh, um, what do you call it? They they Apostasy? had fornicated, right? Yeah, um, spiritual fornication with false gods. Amen. That, <laughs> idolatry. That Yahweh, yep. idol, idolatry that Yahweh carried them through, in spite of the idolatry, exactly, and also in spite of their their sins, because of his covenant with Abraham. That's and right. Pastor, I've I've stumbled over. Uh, uh, prophecies that relate so perfectly to the Boers' condition that I can, without a, a, a shadow of a doubt, I can state that Father Yahweh is going to get to the point where the Boers, where the Boers are going to be forgiven in a mm. blanket forgiveness in spite of their um, so. foolish or foolhardishness and their right. being so... Well... In, in, well, the more people confirmed the covenant at Blood River. Exactly. But then they abandoned exactly. it later. Well, it, it was hijacked from them by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Yes. Yeah, again, You, you, you see, the, the, moment, the moment that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners uh, hijacked the Boers' history, their tradition, they, exactly in the same way as the Edomites had... Um, I checked the identity identity of the house of Jacob, the in yes. particular the 
the two southern tribes yes. in exactly the same way uh, that hijacking of the identity of the House of Jacob had also occurred in Britain, also occurring in America, also occurring in all the European states. That's right. And by the hijacking of the identity of the House of Jacob, they assume, for example, the the uh, heritages, the in South Africa, for example, the Boers prophets, Sina right. uh, van Rensburgers even claimed to be an Afrikaner prophet, uh, the the blood river, faster. Now this is an absolute uh, farce. But the Cape Dutch Afrikaners are claiming that the blood river covenant was made by the Afrikaners, <laughs> and the uh, and the only Afrikaners that existed in 1838 with the making of that covenant. The only Afrikaners was a group of people of color. Okay. That mixed race <laughs> that yeah. had been that had been shunned by the Dutch East Indian Company all the way to mm -hmm. the, what is today's Namibia and by the Boer people as well, right? Because the Boer people considered themselves to be the tribe of Judah, and uh, well, therefore would not associate with non-Israelites. Well, the interesting thing is that. Um, the place where those Afrikaners, um, and you can actually um, uh, do a search on Google uh, of Yonker Afrikaner, Yonker Afrikaner or Laspos Afrikaner. Uh, it's a group of people that of color, as I mm -hmm. stated, which were the descendants of the Dutch East Indian Company whites. Okay. Now, or the Jews, shall I right, rather yeah. say, these Jews from that just the Indian company. Mixed, it was already a mixed multitude. <laughs> exactly. That, that but went they, down there. They, yeah. they inhabit a very large area south of Vintuk, which is called Rehobot. Rehobot. There's a biblical place <laughs> name, right? <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So... so uh, yeah. Yes, Pastor. Now, now, um, uh, I, I don't want to get back to the Boers' history because the Boers' history is so exciting. Uh, when I compare this with prophecies, it's it's sure. absolutely exciting. But I don't want to hijack this this whole discussion now on the language right. of the yeah. well, of the scriptures. Me, yeah, let me get back to uh, the uh, verse uh, Hebrews nine seventeen because this is very important for all Israelites to understand. And, and the fact that the people who call themselves Jews utterly reject what uh, Hebrews 9.17 states. For a testament, which is a will, is of force after men are dead. Yes. Okay? Every, everybody who's had a, a parent die and who's had a will uh, presented to them with you know, the testament of their forebears knows what this means. Okay? Yes. Otherwise, can, can I interrupt? Sure. Can I interrupt at yeah. this point, Pastor? Yeah. In any court of law, where a testament, for example, has the name of the testator yeah. scratched out and changed, that document is no longer it's void. legal. It's, yeah, it's, void. it's declared as a yeah. embezzlement, as a uh, well, it's it's as it's um. Uh, there are a number of names that they call it, but it's no longer legal. It carries no longer 
authority because the name of the testator or the name of the person who authored that particular docu doc document has now been removed. And consider this. The name of Father Yahweh was removed 6,828 times right, right. from his book, his document, his, his berit, his covenant with his people. Right. By virtue of the fact that it was hijacked by the Edomite Romans mm -hmm. and it landed in the hands of those that still control the translations thereof to this day, the Edomites. Right, right. right. Well, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, there's just no end to uh, the discoveries we have made about our people Israel in the modern world. Okay, a lot of this information it just simply was not available, and uh, that's why our people have such a hard time uh, grasping. that, uh, And we, we've forgotten our heritage for the last uh, 2,000 years and even longer, okay? And even longer. Yes. Okay, Pastor, you were on Hebrews 9, 16. Uh, yes. I interrupted you there. Yeah, let but me But if continue. you can continue with that. Right, okay. So I was going to start from the beginning again. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all, while the testator liveth. Okay? So this is a reference to the fact that Yahweh divorced the ten northern tribes, but that didn't annul the, uh, you know, the, the Redeemer coming because that, that promise was given to Abraham even before the law was given. Okay? Exactly. All right? So that, uh, and as you just said, the father uh, pursued Israel, the house of Jacob, through all its wanderings, despite its uh, rebellion against him and at many, many occasions, right? Nevertheless, he guided mm. our paths, and he's still guiding our path today toward the kingdom. Yes. For those of us who will not continue to rebel, okay? Or those of us who seek his face, Pastor. That's right. Because one, of, right. The, one of the elements that he repeatedly says, that he will reveal his will to his people that That's seek right. his face. Amen. And even Amen. Yeshua said, those that seek shall find. Knock on the door will open. Right. And this is so evident of the days that we live in. And I see this virtually daily, Pastor. I have people right. that send me messages and tell me that they started searching because they found that that which they have been presented with in the Judeo-Christian churches, that it was as if their time in the that in in the Judeo Christian churches had had uh, their meters expired, their time had run out, mm -hmm. and they started asking questions, and that asking questions led them to start reading of the 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 um, material that I have been posting for the past right. six years, eleven months, and twenty five or twenty six days. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, our people must wake up. Our people must wake up if they don't, you know, because my people perish for lack of knowledge. Okay. Our people go into uh, into um, um, um That is into um, anaphylactic uh, um, shock from taking a jab. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, Pastor, but but all these things. I mean, we spoke about the pharmakia, which is uh, prophesied in um, Revelations um, nineteen, I think, at eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And the pharmakeia can only be related to one thing, in spite of the fact that it had been translated to um, uh, enchantments, which which relates to a mm-hmm. type of a um, a spiritual thing. Yes, this this um, uh, uh, um, this whole thing about COVID nineteen is also it's a wage be a war being waged against the people of the world. Mm-hmm. Remember. Um, remember Genesis where um, the translators relates the changing of the name of Jacob to Yasharel, where they translated to Israel. And that which Israel means is because you have battled against God and man and won. Mm-hmm. Well, that right. is what Afrikaans translation says. Okay, very good. In, very in the good. English it says prevailed. Now the prevail can have a a variety of uh, meanings, but in Afrikaans, to state the and het gewen, that het gewen means you won against the Almighty. Yes. That is the Afrikaans, the Calvinistic translation. Okay. Well, the Edomite Calvinistic translation, shall I say. (laughs) Right, right. Well, of course, uh, you know, the... um Obviously, no human being or no Adamite even could win in a wrestling match against Yahweh. You know, exactly. He, he, he let Jacob win, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> he let Jacob win. No, no, and, no, but there was there was no there was no physical battle. Uh, right, what Jacob right. wanted, remember, Jacob was being pursued by Edo, uh, Esau. Okay, yeah. Remember that the the uh, scripture just before that. Um, Jacob and his wives and his concubines mm-hmm. right. and his, his, his whole wealth were on the move. They were moving through an area where the Edomites lived. Right. And he, he sent his messenger along and he actually presented to his brother a magnitude or a, a multitude of presents mm-hmm. so that he could move through the area, area and Esau denied yeah. him that right. That's right. So yeah. Esau was in pursuit with 400 men mm-hmm. uh, in pursuit yeah. of Jacob, and Jacob feared that Esau was going to catch up with him. Right. So he sent his wives and his children and his animals across the mm-hmm. river, and then he crossed the river again back so that if Esau had caught up with him, his yeah. wives and his children would be protected. Amen. So, Amen. All right, very so, good. Okay, uh, we're going to have to leave it at that. We're out of time. Uh, Great study today. We'll continue this uh, study on uh, Hebrew and Aramaic in the New Testament next time. Okay? Yes, excellent. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Martins. All right, folks. uh, uh, Fun in the old ballpark here of Eurofolk Radio. And we'll see you again next week. Yahweh bless everybody. Take care. Praise Yahweh. Yahweh. Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, bye-bye. Ooh. Mm-hmm.